love being able to preach occasionally in this role as area conference minister. Preparing a weekly sermon is one of the things I miss most about pastoral ministry, and so I'm grateful to be with you here this morning. First, I want to take a minute to bring you greetings from the Michigan Conference and the Grand West Association. As a conference staff person, I am grateful, too, for your support of our church's wider mission, or you may know that as OCWM, for it is in those funds that we find the support for our conference work and for this position particularly. The association is the setting of ministry where local congregations connect with one another in covenant and commitment to shared ministry and support. Through the pandemic, our Grand West Association clergy have met weekly to share collegiality and wisdom, and we have met every week by Zoom. New technology, new knowledge, and a burden of life today. Both Wes Jameson and Bill Newsom have participated in those calls. So the financial support and the involvement of folks from St. John's works together with others from around the association to strengthen the relationship among and between our area churches and the wider United Church of Christ. And so I say thank you for that support. Take a breath with me. Breathe in the peace and the joy of today and breathe out all that separates us from the love of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. The Gospel lesson today, Luke's account of John the Baptist and his wild message, is full of harsh words. Wrath, repentance, fire, exhort, accusation, and even vipers, snakes. You heard those words read. If you're like me, the rest of John's message gets a little bit skewed and buried by the tone of the message. Even though what he's saying is so important, we can hardly hear it sometimes for the noise of the negative words. But if you listen carefully, you can hear the words of assurance that come. One who is more powerful than I will be coming. Be satisfied, and that John proclaimed the good news to the people. I have a grandson. He's two. He loves the chickadee. His grandpa, my daughter-in-law's father, has taught him to listen for the chickadee-dee-dee in the trees. And he says it just like that. Chickadee-dee-dee, Grandma. 
We also have this book of bird calls for children that we read when we're together, either here at my house or in Massachusetts at his. And we listen for the... Chickadee-dee-dee. What a glorious song from that tiny bird. His voice commands our attention in these winter days, and I listen when I go out to fill my bird feeders. During this particular Advent season, I've been reading a daily devotional book called All Creation Waits. I bought it last year about midway through Advent when I learned about it, and so I set it aside for use this year. And I bought it because one of my favorite Advent hymns is All Earth is Waiting. All Earth is Waiting for the Promised One. All of God's creation waits for the promise of God's salvation and restoration. And when I sing that hymn, I'm challenged to remember that it isn't just Christians or Christians of a particular type that wait, but all of God's creation longs for restoration. These daily readings are challenging for me in that way, but the themes that tie them together from day to day are those of longing, of paying attention to even the smallest things, reminders of God's provision and protection, and the always looking ahead that nature does. On December 4th, the reading focused on the chickadee. If you're sitting at home and you have a pocket full of change, take out two nickels. Two nickels is the weight of a chickadee. One half of an ounce. Two nickels worth. It seems in insignificant, and yet that chickadee-dee-dee voice is powerful. Author of this book, Gail Boss, recalls a chickadee from her childhood, from a childhood memory of a classroom window. The chickadees came to eat from the feeders that her teacher hung there. These are Gail Boss's words. Miss Milner didn't tell us that every cold night, those cheery birds walked a tightrope between life and death to greet us the next morning. Like any living thing, lightweight relative to its length and width, a chickadee loses heat quickly. So the little bird must eat continually during winter's short daylight hours to stoke its metabolic fires for the long night to come. I've learned that the chickadee also precisely maps out in a literally pea-sized brain where their stashes of seeds are for the winter, for their sustenance, so that they can eat all day long, every day, and survive this life and death tightrope. But every winter, 
imagine a question. Will the map remain in the chickadee's brain? Will there be enough seeds in those stashes for the constant eating needed to survive? Will there ever be enough? And Boss tells us, beyond reason, like St. Francis, the chickadees act as if this question is truly an opening, a freedom, a joy. We might ask, will there be enough? Is it an opening and a freedom and a joy to consider that in this season of Advent waiting and congregational transition? John the Baptist bellows a warning to the ancient people and to us if we're able to listen. But the chickadee, the chickadee sings a song, beckoning us to cock our heads and listen carefully. At my feeders, the chickadees celebrate the plenty of black sunflower seeds. They swoop and they dive and they eat all day, every day. When Paul wrote to the Philippians so long ago, his urgency was just as great as John's. Paul was in prison, facing almost certain death. And he writes to his beloved friends in Philippi. Even in his prison cell, Paul is confident of God's coming realm. He ends his letter by calling the readers to rejoice, to quell their anxiety, to bear everything to God, and to share his confidence in God's provision to celebrate the plenty of God's love. The chickadees ask all winter, will there be enough? Enough seeds, enough water, enough warmth? And the answer comes, yes. Spring will come and the provisions will hold. In transition times, we might hear loud, even yelling, impatient voices. And our voices might join in. We might feel anxious, too. Anxious and too eager, frustrated with the slowness of time. But Advent hope runs through our days. Hope does not disappoint us. If we listen to Paul, we quiet ourselves even a little bit, we can hear the message. I want to tell you, we might even find assurance for that message in binge-watching The West Wing, one of my personal favorites. Some of you might remember a speech given by the fictional presidential hopeful Matt Santos. Beginning his campaign, he rallies his supporters with these words. Hope is what gives us the courage to take on our greatest challenges, to move forward together. We live in cynical times. I know that. 
but hope is not up for debate. There is such a thing as false science. There is such a thing as false promises. I'm sure I will have my share of false starts. But there is no such thing as false hope. There is only hope. Matt Santos goes on to win, as you know, so his hope was strong. But I invite you now to listen, to listen in these times. There is help around. We may not all know exactly what to do, but we can join with you. There is hope in Advent, and there is hope in transition. There will be enough. There is enough. The presence of God is our assurance in this and in every other hard time through which we have already come. There is openness and there is joy. While we might want to shout out the dire warnings to play John the Baptist part, I want to remind us all to remember the persistence of the one half ounce chickadee who sings chickadee dee dee and calls in that chickadee dee dee a message of resilience of planning of memory and of hope as your area conference minister i hope we can all listen for god's powerful spirit of comfort and joy and find our own message of perseverance and love. For it is in the human incarnation of Jesus Christ that we find the confidence to quiet ourselves and to expect hope. For there is no such thing as false hope. May it be so. Amen.